Yeah, so I, I've been watching a lot of the Bond movies lately and got back into the recent ones, not the old school. Um, and they're Judy Dench's character, M, who leads MI6, leads the whole unit, probably the best character in that entire franchise outside of Sean Connery, best, best acting pick. Um, but she had a, a line that I really thought was interesting in the context of business, um, where she asked, was asked, do you have any regrets? And she said, no, regrets are unprofessional. Are you ready to hear business stories and learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and level up your business from awesome CEOs, entrepreneurs, and founders without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresh values your time and is ready to share with you the valuable info you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO Podcast. I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Brett Snyder of Knucklepuck. Brett, it's great to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Gresh. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, super excited to have you on as well, too. And we had some great conversations before I hit the record button. So super excited about hearing about all the awesome things that you're doing. And before we jumped into that, I want to read a little bit more about Brett so you can hear about some of those awesome things. And Brett started Knucklepuck with a vision to focus on two things, work-life balance and client relationship management. Brett launched the company offering SEO services and soon built the paid media department from the ground up. And after acquiring a WordPress development shop, Brett decided to start Knucklepuck Media. Knucklepuck. Brett, great to have you on the show. Are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? Let's get it going. Awesome. Well, let's do it then. So to kind of kick everything off, I wanted to, to rewind the clock a little bit, hear a little bit more on how you got started, what I call your CEO story. Yeah. So I think what's really interesting is I never set out to, to be a CEO. I never set out to be an entrepreneur or run a business. I think that's that's not an uncommon thread. Um, I think what I really wanted to do is I really wanted to make sure that I could do the best work that I knew I was capable of. Um, and so I was really fortunate. I, I came out of college in 2009. So I had an internship in 2008 running Google Ads, what was then Google AdWords campaigns for Speedo during the Summer Olympics. And so I got a really in-depth understanding of how powerful these digital channels can be to help these businesses reach tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of, of, of people and make millions of dollars worth of, of sales. Um, so I really got hooked into to that world right away. Um, I got my first job out of college at an SEO firm in Philadelphia called Sear Interactive. Um, they have gone on to be one of the most you know, well-known, well-respected agencies on earth. You know, they, they have worked with some of the, the biggest companies, but have also kind of adhered to a, a very, very intentional growth plan for, for what they want to stand for. And that was one of the things that really stuck with me throughout my time at Sear. Um, I really had, had a chance to work with their founder over there, work side by side. It was the eighth person. They've got 200 plus, I think, at this point are coming up on that number. Um, you know, and so it was really interesting to see the growth early on. Um, when I moved to Atlanta, when my now wife got into law school down there, um, I took a job at an agency called Nebo, where I was much more involved in management and, and understanding how to talk to the C-suite, understanding how to manage a team, how to sell this work to clients how to, to evaluate whether it's being successful and to iterate and make those changes. And during both of those experiences, which I'm super, super grateful for, you know, I learned the nuts and bolts of, of digital marketing and, and SEO in particular. And then I learned how to manage a company and manage a team. Um, but there were always some things that I felt for me personally that I wanted to put more attention towards. And they're the two things that you mentioned at the top, you know, with, with work-life balance and with being able to have really strong relationships with our clients. 
And so I started Knuckle Puck not out of an overwhelming desire to run a business, but out of a need to support my marketing habit and, and wanting to be able to work with clients that understood that they have to believe that these channels are going to work for them before they hire an agency. That, you know, I, I've had biz dev calls where I've walked in and they say, sell me on why I need this. And I said, like, I shouldn't be here if this is where you're at. You know, we want people who understand that it's valuable, but are looking for the right partner to make that happen. Now, we really lean on this idea of being an extension of your team. And that was always what drove me in my previous experiences and, and something that, you know, was kind of the, the underlying foundation of, of why I started Knuckle Puck. Um, I know you touched a little bit upon like how you work with your clients. Could you take us through a little bit more about that, how that process works and what you feel might be your secret sauce and what you feel kind of sets you apart and makes you unique? Yeah, I think as far as our services, ours are really interesting because we kind of have two business models. We have our, our mar and two primary departments that are tied to those business models. You know, we have marketing, which is, like I said, I'm an SEO by, by training. You know, I started doing SEO freelance consulting when I saved up $20,000. That was my seed investment into, you know, Knuckle Puck when I started it and decided to go out on my own. But that line of business is primarily driven based on retainer. And, and as a result of that, it's priced based on the hours that are necessary to go into this retainer. Um, a lot of that is rolling, monthly recurring. We have the retainer that resets the beginning of the month. Um, our web dev business, because we're producing a product, we're building a website. Now that's a very different model where we actually go through a very in-depth, what we call discovery before we take on any project. It's an upfront consulting effort. And we give you a line item scope of the, the elements for your new website and the pricing associated with it. So if we need to reduce scope, if we need to phase things out, if we need to compress for timeline, we're not talking in abstracts about, oh, well, like, let's just extend front end phase one by two weeks. Like, no, let's choose not to do items six, seven, 14, 15, and 22, right? Let's put those to phase two because that's going to take more time and more money than we have for these particular circumstances. And so those would be the kind of marketing dev or the two primary businesses. And, and we have, you know, directors that lead each one of those. Um, we have, we can, we embrace very much a, a consolidated team. We do an all hands meeting every Friday. We have exec meetings where we're having a lot of conversation back and forth. Um, but as far as the actual delivery of those services, I've always believed in subject matter experts. And so even our SEO and our paid media two kind of two channels inside digital, you know, there's a lot of, of, Agencies that may have one person or especially a lot of in-house folks that are asked to wear a lot of hats where you're the SEO and the paid. And I can tell you, I tried to do paid. Um, I think you maybe gave me a little more credit than I deserve on when the intro, when you said I built our paid media team. You know, I actually hired a woman named Maura Miller, who now you know is running our marketing team to come in and actually stand up paid because there was a spe specified expertise that was required for somebody to build that out. I understood the business of it. I understood how to sell it. But when it came down to like doing the best possible Google ads optimization or how you structure a Facebook advertising campaign or how you make sure you're capturing the right information, I didn't have that expertise. I didn't have my 10,000 hours in, in paid media. And so I really looked for people that could lead that forward for me and, and that could embrace the vision that we have, but also empower them to, to leverage the expertise that I don't possess. Let me capture it and, and try to push it forward from there. Absolutely appreciate that. And so I wanted to switch gears a little bit and ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? So I think when I, I look at this, one of, um, one of our core values and probably the most important of our core values from a, a, almost a tactical, practical perspective is accountability. 
And so one of the things that I started doing a couple years ago that is not uncommon, you know, I, I do a strategic plan presentation. I get up in front of the whole company at the beginning of the year and I say, here's my plan for the year. Um, but one of the things I started to do a couple years ago and, and was really impactful this year um, is going through and doing quarterly check-ins. So I take our, you know, our one-year look ahead. I present this on the second day back. I don't make people sit through two hours of me on January 2nd, but on January 3rd, you better bring your stadium cushion because we, we need the whole year. Um, and one of the things that we really look at is, is now I started doing a quarterly check-in. And so I come in at the end of Q1, end of Q2, end of Q3, and I say, here are the goals that I outlined for, for the company at the beginning of the year. How am I doing on these? Giving people a chance to understand. I want to model that level of accountability. Um, and it's great when you can go out there and say, yeah, like we're, we had this goal for a revenue number and we're like 54% of the way there. You know, one of our goals was to have 50% of our clients using multiple services. And we are 50% exactly this year. Um, but it also gives me a chance to kind of speak to some of the decision-making that I have and to try to hold myself accountable and model that for my team. And so one of the things that I put in our strategic plan this year was that I wanted to make a very explicit effort towards embracing some diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives at Knucklepuck. And it's something I think that we have, we have a lot of good intent, but it's something where I wanted to put something more tangible out there. And so I put it in our strategic plan and I presented at the beginning of the year and everybody was very excited about it. Um, and then we got to the end of June and the year was crazy. We've had a lot of things going on. We had the first five goals, had a lot of progress for it. But I got to our DEI goal and I had nothing. And I had to, I had could go up to the team and I could say, oh, well, like I've made these phone calls or I've had these conversations, which I did. You know, I had some things and, and notes scribbled in. But for six months of a 12-month strategic plan, this was not growth. This was not success. Um, and it was actually probably the most important part of the entire check-in because I was able to tell people, look, I don't have anything for you yet, but this is my reminder. This is my accountability measure because I need to know that I can step up and I can, in three months when I do this again, I can't come in and say, I have nothing for you. you know, I have all year. I haven't missed it yet, you know, but I thought this would take me 12 months and now I've left myself six. And so right away, there were a couple of people on the team that volunteered to help me with this. We've had weekly meetings throughout the last probably six weeks to work on, on having a diversity statement that we really feel embodies what we're trying to move forward. But, you know, that kind of accountability and that self-accountability and trying to model that for the team, I think it's been something that has been really, really successful for me from a leadership perspective, but also for me personally, to know that I don't have to have everything right all the time. And if I mess up or if I fail to, to pursue something, then I can also ask for help. And if I can normalize that behavior at my level, then hopefully that will encourage more and more people at every level of the organization to do the same. I wanted to ask you now for what I call a CEO nugget. And a CEO nugget could be a word of wisdom or piece of advice. It might be around digital marketing, or it might be something you would tell your younger business self if you hopped into a time machine. Yeah, so I've been watching a lot of the Bond movies lately. I got back into the recent ones, not the old school. Um, and they're Judy Dench's character, M, who leads MI6, leads the whole unit. Probably the best character in that entire franchise outside of Sean Connery. Best, best acting pick. Um, but she had a, a line that I really thought was interesting in the context of business, um, where she asked, was asked, do you have any regrets? And she said, no, regrets are unprofessional. Um, and I, especially in the context of a spy agency, of course, you don't think about all the things that have happened. But, but I also thought it was very apt for a business perspective, because you, you don't have a time machine, right? Like, I, I don't, I tend not to even entertain that question of what would you do differently, because I can't. 
you know, I made the best decision I could at the time. And then if I didn't like that or something had changed, I had to make new decisions. And so one example of that is, is when I started Knuckle Puck, I started on my own, bootstrapped it. After about a year and a half, I took on investors. Uh, I gave up my majority stake in the company to take on these investors. At the time, it was the best decision I could make. My financial liability, completely gone. I had a $4 million pro forma, and I looked at being able to have a company three times the size I could build on my own meant that I would still make the same amount of money. And so I made the decision, had you know, a really you know, successful kind of growth over the course of, of the company. But then I realized that I didn't feel that I was having the right representation in the company based on my contributions. Now, I could have sat there and I could have regretted that and I could have shaken my fist at the sky, but I realized that I have agency, as we all do, in, in terms of what we choose to do with our time and how we choose to dedicate ourselves. And so regrets are unprofessional, but if you don't like your circumstances, change them. Find ways to be able to improve your circumstances. Understand that you bring value to the equation. And now that value may not be equal to how somebody else views it, but my job at that point when I felt that I wanted to have my majority stake back and that I deserved it, I went and I made that case and I negotiated and eventually got to a point where I'm back to 80% ownership of, of Knuckle Puck. And still have a tremendous relationship with my partners. You know, it's one where they're still involved. I wanted to keep them involved. But for me to remain committed and to put forth the emotional and mental energy and physical energy required to run a successful business, I couldn't do that for 30%. For me personally, the way that I work, I knew that I was not going to be able to sustain the energy required to do that at 30%. And so I couldn't change what decision I made in 2015, but I could change the decisions I made in 2019. And in 2020, when we signed the deal that, you know, re renegotiated our cap structure here, but put me in a position now where going through everything with COVID, going through everything else, I knew that I had, I had assumed that accountability. I had taken what I wanted for it, and now it's my responsibility and mine largely alone. And that was the dynamic I wanted. That was the dynamic that kept me motivated, inspired, focused, and able to drive this company through a challenging year for planet Earth, you know, and now through what, what I would consider to be a, a really, really impressive recovery now in 2021. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And so um, that brings me to my, my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So Brett, what does being a CEO mean to you? You know, I've thought a lot about this, right? Like it's when you think I'd have my answer kind of locked and loaded and prepared, but I think it's kind of the nature of the job that it isn't one thing. You know, the CEO's job isn't one thing. And I think the CEO's job is to make the best decision for people who can't necessarily make that decision for themselves. Um, and an example of that being, I just announced recently to our team that we are not gonna be renewing our office lease. We will be a fully remote company indefinitely as of November. Personally, not what I wanted. I'm an in-office person. I love having people around, but looking at what the team needed and looking at what you know people were actually gonna need to be successful and happy, get that work-life balance that I talked about. And office wasn't it. And nobody else was going to make that decision. Nobody else is able to make the decision to say, I'm going to take the office off the table. I'm going to take that budget and put it back into other areas. I'm going to redeploy that elsewhere. That only can come, it could only have come from me. Brett, truly appreciate that definition and that perspective. And I appreciate your time even more. What I wanted to do is just pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional that you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best they can get a hold of you and find out about all the awesome things you're working on. 
Yeah, I would say um, we're trying to be kind of an open book here. I, I kind of preach authenticity and, and I love being able to engage with people if they have follow-up questions. Um, I'd say I've done a number of podcasts, but I can say, Gresh, for yours, I said this to you beforehand, you know, I've been involved in every step of yours, all the different add-on pieces, because I think you've done a really nice job in cultivating a great community. So if anybody does have any questions or want to talk a little bit more about different parts of the story or, or even ask advice, um, you know, my email is brett at knucklepuckmedia.com, brett with two Ts. Um, and our website is knucklepuckmedia.com. I haven't been able to get knucklepuck.com to sell it to me yet. And so if you need to reach us, you can get me on my email or, or reach out through our website. Yes, absolutely. And we'll definitely have the links and information in the show notes and definitely have to have you back on the show to, to talk more about, you know, all the awesome growth and the, the, the journey that you've been on and how everything's going. But truly appreciate you, my friend, for hopping in, all the kind words as well, too. And I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Don't forget to schedule your complimentary digital marketing consultation at blue16media.com. This has been the I Am CEO podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.